what I call no pain and now. So what you learned about pain and the brain being a tool. Yes. And we'll go from there. Okay. Richard taught me to ride like motocross endurance because he used to be a Australian motocross champion. So I got a dirt bike. I learned how to ride and he taught me how to ride in competition form so I could jump and I don't know, do stuff that you're just <laughs> not supposed to do with your body. But anyway, <laughs> I was one of them. And you couldn't tell I was a girl either. So most people thought it was a guy riding with Richard. And uh, then, uh, you know, if the policemen, policemen love pulling over motorcyclists and if they pulled you over, you could tell that they were disappointed that we weren't young teenagers, that they could tell off that we were older people and it was a husband and wife. Anyway. I came off the motorbike cause I panicked. I had a fear on a corner and uh, I hurt my wrist and he had to leave me to go and get help because the phones weren't what they are today. And I had uh, broken or sprained or cracked my, my wrist. So I couldn't really ride. It was like drooping. And he said, look, you're going to go into this thing called shock. And shock comes in waves like the ocean. So I want you to think of it like that. He said, I've been in shock so many times in my life. I've broken all my bones. Shock, it will come over you and you will think that the pain is not going to stop. You think it will keep escalating and escalating and your mind will take over from the shock and continue it further. I want you to just go with it, keep breathing and relax through it. He said, this will help you all through your life, this practice. So I'm going to leave you now in the bush and go get help and I'll come back for you. And the shock set in and he said, it does. It sets in like a grin reaper <laughs> and it comes like a snowball. And I felt the pain coming in and I could feel the intensity of the pain getting more and more and more and more. And then I heard what he said. And as soon as I acknowledged that, as soon as that part of me acknowledged it, it kind of stopped. And I focused on the breathing side, like you said, like just keep breathing, like the waves coming in, the waves going out, the waves coming in, the waves going out. So I focused more on my breath than rather what my mind was thinking of the pain feeling. And the pain stopped there, like on a, on a, it stopped at a platform. It didn't keep going. It did go. It reversed back to this platform. And that was fantastic because that helped me with childbirth. I had more pain in this wrist than childbirth because I understood that your mind creates the pain from all the movies you've seen, from everything you've heard from family members from everything you've heard from, you know, doctors and nurses and lawyers, pain is bad, pain is this, pain is that. Pain stops here. Your body is very clever. It knows when to stop it. Your body can only handle a certain amount of pain. After that point, it shuts off. It goes numb. The rest is taken over by your brain. So this is a As healing a practice. In a certain way. Yes. Yeah, and it's a deep program, really deep. Pain is a deep program. It's attached to death and die, and it, it takes away your dignity, mm -hmm. and it takes away your power within. So if you can come back to where the pain has stopped, it's that platform, and trust your body. Trust that your body knows that that's as far as I can go with the pain and that hurts there too like it's not fun spot but it's not going to go further because your body understands that you can't handle anymore then the healing process begins from that platform so then you start you can go into things like uh, talking to your atoms you can call in uh, beings that support healing processes in you uh, there's all different ways that you can go about it. You can go onto the breath. 
you can go into visualization or remote viewing where you see your body in a healthy state again. There's many ways of healing your body from that point, but you have to be able to recognize this point. If you can't recognize this point and you keep escalating with the pain, it's it switches off everything. So you have to come back to that. And that is, that's a hard one. When it's you're like a state. default position and you have yeah. to learn to pilot your own brain. Uh, I had my back broken with a kick from a horse and uh, I was in severe pain. I couldn't move, paralyzed. Um, I could only really move my eyes. I couldn't cry or scream in the first few hours. And I was lying in the lounge room and uh, when I could make a noise, I would go into a terror and it just felt like electric shocks through my body. I was lying and the kid, the hut, I would not let them go me, take me to hospital or ambulance. Just it, that's just, that's more fearful for me than anything. <laughs> so I'm in the lounge room and uh, Richard allowed me 24 hours of pain. <laughs> so Richard comes into the room and he looks at me and says, well, you've had your 24 hours of pain. Are you going to put into practice everything you've learned over the years? And I just blinked. I just blinked at him and it instantly went to that platform <laughs> and I was laughing at myself. In, so I'm in terror and I've gone from terror to going, oh my gosh, he's absolutely right. And I went back to where the pain is in my body and I could feel the parts broken in my body and I could feel all, I could visually see all the blood protecting the, the damaged areas and in swelling and swelling and swelling and I it was like a it was like a movie as soon as I did that I had two ET beings connect with me um the girls got me a piece of paper and I roughly scratched sketched the being down and while I was doing that Gigi was drawing the same being in her, wow in her now are these the ones you called to help help you I, well I I didn't call them. They just knew to come in. Oh, okay. And they had uh, like a, a Mayan sort of warrior energy to them. So then I learned that we could do this. We, we, we can do, so we can handle the pain. Okay. Now we, we've, we've had the impact. We've had the acknowledgement. Now we have to heal. So then we went into the healing process of it. So we did, uh, we, we attempted acupuncture. They couldn't actually do any acupuncture in the beginning because I was so damaged. Uh, all the way along, I was told, you should be in hospital. You should have an operation. Anyone that had any medical background whatsoever, acupuncturists, uh, her, all everyone we came into neighbors anyone friends they all said you really need to go and get an operation you've broken your back so i'm just sharing that with your viewers because that's everyone's go-to oh absolutely well they don't know any of this it's it, they haven't yeah. done research and and they're still in the undoing programs which is un, you know understandable yeah so we just healed with herbs so we healed with comfrey leaves and we healed with water and we healed with charcoal and we healed with all the minerals. And um, the family were amazing. They supported me. I lived in the lounge room for a few months. I couldn't really walk, but then I started to walk like a dog, which they thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> the dogs found it really funny because uh, if someone was coming to the door, I would be like the dogs and run to the door. <laughs> But then the dogs thought it was funny, so then they would kind of bite me. You know how dogs bite? Yeah, yeah. They would be biting my hair. <laughs> and then I'd have to look out the window like a dog as well. So the kids thought it was very I thought you were a play toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, it, okay. was, it was It was. was kind of uh, was good because it was, taught humility as well. It also taught me how fortunate I was because I was allowed to be at home in this healing process and so many others are in homes and retirement homes and in the lockdowns they were unable to see loved ones and it did it taught me a lot of humility and compassion for those 
mm-hmm. that are in hospital situations because you are around fluorolighting, which isn't good for you. You are around all those air fluorescent lighting, is, yeah. And you're around all the technologies in the hospitals, which would have be full of EMF. Uh, and so my heart went out to a lot of them because I could feel, you know, how hard it would be. And also only having one window to look out of. I was, you know, around, I was around all the smells of the family and the food and I could hear the family. Like if you're in a hospital situation, you're not around family unless they visit. The healing process at home is so great, which is what, you know, I'm, I'm encouraging. If you can all heal each other and be there for each other and support each other and be communities for each other, I'll give you another example. I'm picking the horse hoof out and the horse hoof, uh, I slip and the sharp thing goes into my main artery in my arm and then I start to see blood come out, but it's coming out like a hose and I've shoved my thumb in and I start to black out, calling out to Richard, calling out to the kids. I really need to to see Richard's eyes because I'm thinking this is a near-death end game. Mm -hmm. So then I start to go into shock. But my immediate reaction is to to support myself. Then I go into shock. So I've made the call out for help. The kids come over. Richard comes over and uh, they. Richard says, I open my eyes. I come out of shock. He says, look at me. I look at him. And my head's getting carried away in the fear. I look at him and he looks at me and he says, you're Okay. You've stopped the bleeding. You can take your finger out now. And uh, I took my finger out and the blood had stopped. And But it still hurt. The pain's there, but the fear of the dying, the dignity taken away. So now I've come back to the, now, now it's just come back to now I'm not dying. <laughs> it's just my arm. It really hurts. So, so just a sec. You remove the stories. You remove the program. You remove what you see. Oh, I'm supposed to be dead because I just caught an artery. You come yeah. back. His eyes realign you to the truth of your being and who you are. Yeah. And this, and the intelligence of the body to coagulate and heal itself. Also, all those. Well, things. the bo- Well, the body remembered the arm breaking with the motorbike, the body remembered the pain with the births, the body remembered the kick in the back, the body remembered all the pain and went, oh, yes, come back to intelligence, not the story of Elsa, the intelligence of Elsa. And so when you come back to that, that level is where you realize you're back at the compass again, you're back at the center point and you can heal from that spot. You cannot heal from the story of Elsa. You allow the shock but you acknowledge it as soon as you acknowledge it you it's like it's you're putting a pause on it and then you then you have a breath (gasps) then I can start to go from here from this platform because this platform is calibrated the story of Elsa could be so many versions and it's like all over the place it could be so how am I going to heal from all those versions when this is the calibrating Am I going to be crippled? Am I going to be this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which story do you want to grab? (laughs) It's like the fear, you know? And the statistics. And you're not a statistics, you're a creator. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So So then you go, okay, now I'm injured. So now you've got to do the work, the practice. So now you have to go into the cupboard and get the vitamin C and or get the charcoal or go into the herb garden and take some herbs and heal. And by accepting the leaf, like you said to that gentleman and taking the leaf of the parsley, I'm saying, thank you. Thank you for the parsley. I appreciate you. You're helping me. So you're appreciating. So we're doing that practice there as well. So now we've got herb healing. We've got trusting in our body. We've got talking to our water atoms. I mean, you got everyone going on here. You have the hospital in you. And then you might even want to go and sit with the birds or something and listen to their song 
or cat purring. Wow, now that's a good one. Yeah. Or uh, uh, listen to bells ringing or just even tin hitting and listen to the echo of it. All those things, all the, all the harmonies, uh, hearing people laugh, all these things will heal your atoms, but you have to allow them space. What do we do? We have no time for space. <laughs> We're too busy. <laughs> well, I did research on on the frequencies of cat purring and it regenerates tissue. Wow. I'd like to share like a really brief thing that will, that I've used with my clients because I've seen this over and over and over and over and over again, that most of their pain is a program that they're continuing because they're not paying attention to acknowledging the body and what they need to do. They're their whole focus is on what they won't be able to do anymore. So that, so, so right, then exactly. They're like, oh no, I'm gonna miss work, or oh my god, I had this emergency with so and so. So there's no self love attention communication with the with the body, right? So. What happens, I'll get, I'll, I'll really shorten this, but I've had massive experience with this. Um, so someone comes in and they're in tears and I say, okay, let me help you on the table. What's going on? And from a level of one to 10, how are your knees feeling? Okay. And they'll say, oh my God, a 15. And they're crying. And so then I kind of distract them, you know, now what's interesting, and I see this in 90% of people and it just it just reminds you like our number one homework is to get rid of the programming. The number one homework is. And, and so I come in and I put my hand, I haven't even touched their knee and they go <laughs> like this. And I'm like, was that painful energetically? And they go, no. And I said, so you're anticipating pain, correct? Yes. I said, I don't see a saber tooth tiger on your neck. Can we relax? And they're like, oh, oh you're right. Okay. So, so much is made up have not having to do with trust and faith and understanding in their own ability to heal and the body's innate intelligence because the body every time you freak out in your brain the body thinks it's real it definitely doesn't differentiate between real or not right so here's the thing the bottom line so someone comes in with a 15 and blah 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 and i'm talking to him and i'm getting him laughing we're doing some other things half hour goes by and so then I said, okay, now I'm going to play a game, uh, but you have to answer me really quick. I want you to take a breath, drop out of your brain into your heart. And they're like, okay. I said, I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to answer yes, no. I'm going to ask you the same question over and over super fast. Okay. And they go, okay. And I'm like, are you in pain now? No. 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 I said, now what's going to happen is you're going to get up. You're going to go, I wonder if I'm in pain now because you're recreating your hologram and you will be. I mean, that's like a small <laughs> example of how I work, but the, you know, which is backed up by quantum physics and everything else. But it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, it's like you learn to pilot like, um, okay. So I said, you came in at 15 uh, in truthfully, I barely did anything other than hold the space and the frequencies for the healing. And now you're no longer in pain. So what's that about? And that's exactly what you were describing. And so I say to the body, I said, the body wants to communicate also to you. What I say is when the body's in pain, I go up, oh, honey, what are you trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. I love you. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll go back to that, that, and I'll make sure that, you know, I give you some good food and water and you no longer have to remain this way. So you can drop that because now I'm paying attention and have intention for love for you. And it's gone. Boom, gone. So there, there's so That's much, I mean, a whole nother thing, but all I'm doing is as a small story, just to say how, you know, the brain's a tool. And what we think, right, isn't necessarily all the facts. <laughs> and the body knows what it needs to do to survive. 
And a lot of time pain is communication. And then, like you said, then we just keep it going, right? Because of our anticipation and stories. Anyway, I thought that was really important for you to share that with people because I think it's powerful. Did you complete what you so, wanted to say about that? Yeah, you brought up a word called you were holding space. And uh, this is a term that we came into that we didn't know at the time what we were doing. But holding space is literally you are holding the presence. And you can't, they can't not, I can't, I have to say that word smiling all the time because it just doesn't, makes me smile. So when you're in the presence, that's where the presence are. The presence are in the presence. The gifts are all in the presence. So you hear about Eckhart Tolle talk about living in your now. If you are projecting into the future, you cannot heal in the future because you're not there yet. Exactly. And if you are wanting to worry about all that, you can't heal because you're worrying about somewhere that you aren't. You're, so your body's here. You can't be over there. You, it just doesn't work that way. If you're worried about something you're going to lose, and it's not going to happen anymore. And I and I'm not going to see this person. And I'm yeah, the, so you're worrying about there. It's not going to work either. You have to come back to where Merrily described. I'm holding space because that's where Merrily is healing from in the presence. Well, you cannot, that's you, that's where what all that exists is the presence. The I presence. know. So where do we get all the other stuff from neuroses? <laughs> from neuroses. From being worried about what possibly could happen or relating this to a past experience, right? Rather than being in the present. Exactly. That's why so I call it no, down. Pain, no pain in now. Wow. Or, or you know, like N-O. <laughs> but anyway, I agree. You and I came to the same uh, discovery. Yours sounds like a hard way of doing it. Holy moly. So if you surround yourself with people alike who feel that with you, are you going to start healing each other? Because they're in the, if you're not, if you're whacked out, literally whacked out, mm -hmm. <laughs> injured, and you have others that are similar to you that you're attracting around you, this healing process will naturally happen because you'll have others there, just there because they are at the right, perfect moment to help Bring that space that you were talking about the presence now when I got the kick we called it the reboot yeah <laughs> and everyone said but you guys are so you know so clean slate you guys are doing all this help you're helping others how come this happened to you how come something bad happened to you oh. and it wasn't it wasn't like that not only did we get lots of intelligence from the information we received, uh, we had uh, it gave us confidence in signs that we were given. Uh, it taught us compassion and humility. It also taught us uh, from a very severe accident how we could reverse the spin on it. So when people say to us, why would something bad happen to you? Well, we didn't look at it as good or bad experience. We just put it down to an experience again. So it was just a present so it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, we weren't going to give it any stories. It, it is what it is, step by step. And that's how we healed and learned how to walk again was step by step. And at first, from walking like a dog, I had to walk like a baby again. I had to walk around the walls and use the walls. I had to relearn how to walk. And so we called that the reboot, but it, it's very it, humbling. It but is that, very humbling. But like you say, the lessons, the compassion, and you can easily be referred to as multiple things, but one of those can be a healer, a counselor, consultant, wisdom. And there's nothing like going through things yourself to, and being able to transmute it that makes you more authentic because you can speak from that place, not just reading a book, you know, about it. So. Yeah, well, speaking from something that has happened to you, no one can take that happening away from you. So it has a truth to it. And it's not, I'm not telling someone else's story. I'm telling 
what happened, where the presents were, and if I can do it, you can do it. Yes. I I I breathe the same air that you breathe. I walk the same I walk the same world that you walk. I drink the same water that we we probably drink drunk the same water, (laughs) droplets. I mean. So I am like you and you are like I. So there is no God above each other. We are our own gods. There is, there is no one above us. We are our own gods. And we just have to remember to have dignity and compassion and kindness for ourselves. Once it starts from there, it will just naturally spill out to everybody else. Do you have any practices daily practices or tools like grounding you have mentioned spinning and i'd like you to explain what that means to people that you and your family participate in that is fun and you know gives you good bang for the buck in other words it's free it's available you can do it anywhere and um that helps with the continuing ascension of frequencies and yet grounding it so that you can walk through the world as an amazing amplifier of beauty and grace. One of the things that we love doing is spinning. Now, this does not work for all the family members, even though they all do it uh, and they have done it. Not all of them do it as regularly as I do. I spin 33 times from north clockwise. And I love talking about this with everyone overseas because I love hearing if they were to spin, which way would they just naturally go? And I always love to hear if it's the opposite on both sides of the world. Uh, And I have found that they prefer going anti-clockwise in the USA. So it's just interesting. I love hearing these things. Mm -hmm. We... When you first start to spin, you are dizzy. So you've got to be careful not to do it around corners or rocks or anywhere you're going to hurt yourself and take it slow. Like anything, take it slow. I like to hold my hands like this. Or um, In a mudra? Oh, is that, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Uh, other people like to have their palms up and their arms out like in a T shape. Yeah. Uh, some people like to hold beads or crystals. Um, some people like to hold water in their hands, like bottles of water or rocks. There's no rule on how to do this. Uh, so I spin and I believe as I'm spinning, I'm spinning with the magnetics of earth. So that's what I'm I'm feeling like I'm spinning with Gaia or the orbit of Gaia. That's how I feel. And I spin 33 times. And then I do something that was really funny, uh, uh, especially with all the lockdowns, because they said on all the lockdown instruction notices through Australia, they said you have to have arms length away from everybody and they had these signs with their arms out like this and that became one of my practices after I spin is I hold my arms out like that for um, I hold my arms out like that I think for uh, 1.20 minutes I can't do it here because there's a wall here that's what the whirling dervishes they spin like oh is it yeah so I'm not spinning now I've spun 33 times and then I hold position like a T with my palms up and I stretch my head round. So I'm uh, opening all these uh, spinal cord here. Sometimes I twist while I'm doing it, twist both ways and arch that way and then arch that way. And then I, and then I drop to the ground with, so I go into like a pyramid shape of my body and touch the ground. And I find that really helps uh, not only, um, you mean downward dog in yoga? Yeah, so just touching my your toes. Feet so my legs are and in your A yeah. frame. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I feel like I'm a pyramid and my hands are on the ground and I'm stretched out and I can feel my all my spine ease up. I feel like it's a way of me communicating with the body and all the atoms, waking everyone up, anyone that's stale, stuck in the pockets. So it's like 
a way I visualize it, it's like a feng shuiing of my body. So any corners where the energy's stuck, I'm I'm waking it up, talking to it, I've twisted it in every di- direction as well as spun it to make make it go move the stale energy. And then I can go from there. I attempt to do that at least once a day. Some days I don't do it. Uh, I always start from north. So I'd love to hear from your audience where they are, where they start from and if they spin and if they, if they enjoy it. A lot of people get dizzy and won't do it anymore. And at first I did get dizzy, but now I can do it really fast. And not only do I do 33, sometimes I go, okay, today we need 66 or 99. And you become like a ballerina spotting when you spin and you spin and I do not get dizzy when I do it. I have complete vision afterwards. Whereas when I first, first, first started, I was dizzy. So I, I'm I'm sharing that it wasn't instant. <laughs> yes. Again, it became a practice. One thing we have found amazing with it, which has something to do with the atoms in our body, is when we go out in the ocean to go fishing on our boat, none of us get seasick as long as we've been spinning. <laughs> so I get Richard, that's awesome. Richard tells the other fishermen. Because other fishermen talk about it and they go, oh, we got really seasick today. And then they ask our family and they go, well, <laughs> my wife <laughs> tells us to all spin. And so if someone is sick on our boat, uh, we know that. We always tease them and go, you haven't been spinning. Mum's going to let you know. <laughs> it also, after I've done it, it, it does make you just feel lighter about things. And again, it's just... Um, like Richard can uh, lie down and he can go and shut himself off and he classes, he lies in the sun and he can just go into a zone and meditate and he just drifts in and out and it's really simple and easy for him. Sometimes I can do that, but I can't do it as easy as he can. So everyone is has different ways of having uh, a meditation or a release and there is no right or wrong way. You just have to find your way. And no one can tell you what your way is. They, they might try, <laughs> but uh, you, you've got to find what makes you smile. And some things you do will irritate you that they class the spiritual. And I get that. I really do. I get that. And some things that you do will just make you feel really uplifted. Go with that. <laughs> so... It's interesting. It's interesting. Just, just a little quick interjection here, not to interrupt you, is that so many kids, when you're young, they naturally will be spinning, playing, you know, grabbing hands, both going around in a circle, falling down, have fun. But, but what I love about that is not only the fun, but the quant, the quantum physics to it. The fact that we're electromagnetic beings, and you're are you increasing the spin? Are you going harmonizing and being coherent with the spin of the earth? How, what's your sense of that? Sometimes when I spin, I have, uh, I don't know what comes over me that I say words out, ancient words. Mm. Um, some also I cast them as like grounding words. So now I'm incorporating an action. So we are here to act as beings on earth. So now I'm acting and uh, using the breath, reciting words. So now I'm spelling. So now we're incorporate or overlapping practices. Uh, then uh, with the holding the arms out and the stretching and the bending, well, that's incorporating yoga. Now you just spoke of the children laughing so and the spinning and uh that brings in the endorphins the laughing the playfulness because this playfulness and laughter might be looked upon as childlike but it's those endorphins there that carry speed through your atoms in your body so the more endorphins you have releasing in your body the more you can heal all your atoms in your body so the more laughter and play the more your body can heal. That is so key. 
I know you mentioned that one of our other shows, but I don't think everyone really got that. That is so key. The more endorphins, the more laughing, the more what? Repeat that again for people. The more endorphins you have. The more endorphins you have. So when they ask us to be light beings, they mean they want those more endorphins. And they showed me when I was up in the craft, this is the way you heal through laughter, through play. Through your inner, your inner child. Your inner child is your highest self. And it comes from a place of no judgment. It comes from a place of allowing. And it comes from that word that you said before, the space. I'm that space. It's that presence. It's back there. Because when you're in play, you are not overthinking. Because you don't have time when you're playing. Because playing creates from there. Playing doesn't self-project. Playing creates from here and we have to come back to a state of play, a state of laughing. Well, you know, it's so interesting because um, a little segue, but related because laughter is contagious and what they, right? Like you think of like joy is bubbling over. That's why it's in a presence of, you know, like champagne. It's like laughter is contagious and they found out that it doesn't even matter if you're laughing about something real that you think's funny or you're laughing just because it's contagious that the 25 health benefits that come out of laughter yoga are the same now that was really interesting like in the uh, folks i'm i'm a, a laughter yoga certified instructor i know which is like takes five minutes right so but <laughs> i went because of the medical benefits of this and i'm just going to like list really quickly the benefits you don't have to be good at yoga they can do it in a chair you tend to stretch you tend to play funny games it's huge breathing you'll be like out of breath even in a chair they do it for the elderly it's not about yoga it's just called that because you're doing moving you can meet on a beach with a hundred people and because laughter is contagious, not only does it fulfill social and keep you from being lonely and all kinds of things, but they're generally free. And I know in the United States, there's at least 800 classes everywhere. So look up laughter yoga, but just so we get real, because I like to back everything by uh, true, true science, uh, laughter boosts the immune system. And like she was saying with the endorphins, uh, it increases the body's T cells and immunoglobulins. It's great for heart health based on University of Maryland School of Medicine. All these have been studied, the effects of laughter, okay? This isn't just made up. Uh, laughter helps blood vessels flow better. Laughter yoga is considered a light cardio exercise, so it does strengthen the heart. Stanford University found 10 minutes of joyous, sustained laughter, right? Was the cardio equivalent of 30 minutes on a rowing machine, and I'm an ex-crewer. Okay, so that's a big deal. And you actually feel like that if you're laughing so hard. I mean, like you're like perspiring, your jaw's hurting, you know, that kind of thing in class. Laughter improves sleep. I'm not gonna give you all the details of all this. Laughter yoga is a natural painkiller, what, what you were just talking about with pain and healing. Blood pressure is lowered. Um, there's so much, uh, it influences oxygen. You definitely take in. It improves concentration and attention. Short-term memory improves. Your facial muscles do get a workout. It is proven therapeutically as a tool for depression. It helps allay worries, fears, and anxieties. It helps with resilience to life's challenges. It's free. There's no language barrier. It dissolves loneliness and it's for all ages and abilities. Okay, so don't get intimidated by, oh, does this mean it's yoga? No, it's mostly laughter with a few little stretches <laughs> thrown in there, okay? So that has to do with what you were saying. Yeah, and it comes back to getting those endorphins happening in the body. So then you come back to, okay, so you're spinning. So am I spinning and reversing the spin that all that was done? Or am I re-spinning to reset myself? Or am I starting a new spin? I, I actually don't know. But it, 
feels right to do it for me. So I do it. Another thing that is happening while I'm spinning, I'm stomping my feet on the ground. So it's classed as a grounding. Sometimes I have to spin with shoes on. Sometimes I'm spinning on the, with bare feet. I Sometimes I spin on in the house because I can't go outside because it's bad weather or something. Sometimes I spin in the rain. When Ginger, our electric one, spins, she spins and gets faster. And I say to her, that looks just dangerous. But she's, she's the electric one. She spins faster. So I make sure I keep my distance and I make sure that there's no storm coming when she does it because I don't want to get a lightning bolt coming down. I love Ginger to spin just before like a storm because we just know that that's just going to help it all. So oh. it's fun. So... So we have uh, uh, sometimes if it's a big uh, astrology time coming up, we might do an extra spin. And I'll ask the family, can you please all spin together for me? And and they will. And that it, it the spin also reminds of us of when we were children, like you said. And it comes back to the yoga. It's a laughter. It's reminding of us that we're playful beings here. We're here to play and act and 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 be that's what we're here to do yeah. and it and it's uh it's grounding so then grounding grounding is another healing process if you are not grounding what are you doing we are here on earth to ground so if you're stuck in a building somewhere somehow some way through the day at least 20 minutes get on the ground do not stay in that building all day you have to get once a day Get 20 minutes of touching the ground. Now, if your feet can't touch the ground, get your hand to touch the ground. If your feet and hand can't touch the ground, hold the ground, hold some dirt, hold hold a plant, hold something in from the ground that day. You're meant to be here to ground. We were placed here on earth to ground. It's part of the antenna thing. <laughs> yeah. You have to ground. Well, you can't be a true antenna. You see, if you're not... Grounding, you're not a functioning antenna. Right. So you're not connected to source. It's it's just physics, really. Uh, so, so, so for you, you can combine spinning and grounding. Yes. And then um, I, I just like to share a few st statistics about earthing, which is a book that came out, folks. You'll see it on the screen here. And um, it's all about grounding, which of course, native indigenous people have known forever, which is why they walk in moccasins and bare feet. But uh, it in 20 minutes with either lying on the ground, grass, bare feet on sand, wet sand, water, earth, not the same with asphalt, okay, or that, uh, it rebalances six health parameters. Again, science backed up. So those of you that tend to be soaring in the clouds, leave your body a lot and stuff, this is like really imperative to do to keep you, you balanced. And she'll talk more about that. But I just want to share a few little statistics I have. Reduces inflammation, reduces pain, reduces stress, improves blood flow, improves sleep, improves vitality. Um, it is grossly overlooked as a simple healing measure, walking barefoot outside or even sitting. If those of you can't stand or walk, sit. The earth's electrons will ground the body. And the earthing book claims the first thing that happens when you're grounded is that you'll often feel a discharge of electric static on, as, on your body as it drains away. And uh, is earthing good for your heart? Yes. It increases the surface charge on red blood cells and thereby reduces blood viscosity and clumping. The book states, quote, grounding appears to be one of the simplest and yet most profound interventions for helping reduce cardiovascular risk and events, which is the number one health disease. So just had to add that science in there. <laughs> wow. Wow. It really brings it home. So, okay. So uh, when I hurt my back, I couldn't walk around. So I couldn't really move. So how did I spin? And I felt very frustrated that I couldn't spin because it was months and months before I could spin again. So how did I spin? First of all, in my head, I visualized spinning or I visualized a pendulum spinning. 
Um, some people I've seen use little uh, pens in their hand. So they're in the office at work and these uh, amazing lady from South Africa, she uses a pen and she, she uses it. She calls it her little magic wand. And she uses a pen as a spinning. So while she's working, she can spin. And no one knows because she's it's just a pen. So she's spinning. So, uh, okay, these people can't ground on the ground. Let's Okay, well, let's do the next best thing. So they're grounding. So to me, they're, they're grounding. Because, again, the mind, it's not that you're tricking the body, but you're giving the body an experience. And it's a practice. So we're coming back to the practice again. So uh, there's uh, spinning. Uh, you could spin with your hand on the sand and, and, and spinning that way. And some people do that. Uh, the other one was um, you can spin with instruments. And uh, our kids love bull roars. So um, which what? is they call them bull roars. And it's basically uh, tribal, yeah. And they use it for tel uh, communications. And they have it's a piece of wood on string, and they spin it, and it makes an amazing sound. They call it. I think they even call them warmers as well. There's all different names around the world. It's not just here in Australia. Uh, our kids have invented a new way to do it, which I thought was great. They get a a balloon filled with water, so not blown up though, filled with water like a water bomb, and they tie a knot and then they put a piece of string on it and they spin with that. The noise is incredible. And because we go and do it on our hilltop, you should see all the animals and, and come and watch. It's all the cows come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I bet. It's, They're like, look at those it's crazy amazing. <laughs> yeah, so there's those crazy spinners. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, we don't, the kids didn't want to buy a warmer. We didn't want to uh, make one um, because I could see someone getting knocked out with the piece of wood flying around. So they came up with the balloon idea. One thing that is funny when we were doing it is that the Dalmatians chase the balloon around. <laughs> so you can everyone's the having swear. fun. Yeah, so uh, again, it, and again, no one taught us to do these things. We just did them because they felt good. And the kids came up with, oh, we should do this version of it. So then we did it. Uh, I have, I do spin out in public. So I will send you a couple of pictures of those. I love spinning in the ocean. So mm -hmm. in the ocean, I can't spin fast, but I love spinning in the ocean water. And uh, I know that that is a tribal ritual where they would stand in the water up to their knees or their waist and then and then they would say grounding words or prayers at certain times of the year or daily at dusk and dawn and so I like doing that in the water again uh it's tricky when a wave comes oh my god <laughs> I have been knocked yeah but uh it's it's just something I just feel and sometimes I I notice when I do these things that we have butterfly effects happen, not just for us, but around the world that are positive. So I look at that as a confirmation and that I am making a change to uh, my experience here. And folks, when she says butterfly, she's not saying a bunch of butterflies show up, even though that's been the case with her. The butterfly effect, for those of you that haven't heard of it, is is kind of when you jump realities. A little bit okay and we're not going to yeah. get into that but that's what you it's a big one that. yeah but it's it's just a it's just a universe showing your confirmation really uh so we have grounding and then there's grounding i've seen people ground where they hold pieces of metal and it goes to the ground i've seen people where they sleep in the bed and they have it tied around their toe going to the ground we we, with our bedding, stopped sleeping on springs. We felt that it just didn't feel right for our bodies. So we changed our mattresses over to springless mattresses. And we did notice that we slept better. So this is going to bring us to a big topic, which I believe is huge. Because half our life we spend, spend sleeping. And 
I keep hearing since uh, being on social medias of Medbeds. Yes. And I thought Medbeds was uh, uh, a Medbed at a hospital. Then I thought, and then I went, well, hang on, my bed is a med bed. Well, people say, well, how can that be? It's not scientifically proven. And I said, well, maybe not, but it's proved by the ancients. So feng shui your bedroom. What's under your bed? Start with what's under your bed. Where's your bed position? How is your head positioned in the bedroom? Is it following the course of the sun when it rises and sets? Is your bedroom set out in a balanced way so that you have, uh, especially if you have a partner, that you have two of everything in the bedroom, not three. You have three, you have a third partner in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, make sure you don't have things under your bed like suitcases and things, which will make you feel unsettled. Make sure that you don't have too much dust in your room. Uh, make sure where the window and the door is positioned. Make sure that there's no electrical appliances or electrical in the room. The more we uh, make our area where we rest, so we spend half of our time as humans, if we can just fix that. So you don't have to do anything except go to bed. So let's fix that. Let's make that your med bed then you might be able to come from there to do all these other things because you don't have to do anything. You just have to go to bed. So when you wake up in the morning, you're not to wake up to mess. Wake up so that when you wake up, you wake up to happiness in the morning. Um, and these things, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do these things. It's just having uh, making, making your bed so that it, your bed invites you to come into your bed. Uh, making sure that you have an uh, even number of pillows on the bed and they all make sure they match and make sure you resonate with the colors on your bed. Make sure there's not too many crazy patterns so that you can rest. If you have all geometric patterns on your bed, are you going to have a restful sleep in that? Because you're sleeping in those frequencies on your bed. Uh, and like blues, blues are more relaxing for colors, things like that. Than well, a bright a of, yellow or bright orange, right? <laughs> well, we found, uh, being photographers, that everyone had a season that suited them with colors, with their skin tones as well. So choose colors that you will feel good with. And if you're not sure, go to a paint shop and see which colors in the paint aisles attract you, or just play with it. You know, and 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 you'll see. They suggest not having plants in the room because they create different oxygen. So that was, I always thought plants would be good in the room, but they do suggest not to have plants. Uh, make what sure about that. Fans, if you need fans or if people well, need. Some, well, sometimes you have these things in the room and you can't get rid of them, like beams, if you have beams across your room. So in feng shui, they suggest things to soften them. Like uh, they might say, hang a, a little crystal there or a wind chime or, or something. So, Again, you'll have to look into your own home, to the own situation where your door's placed, where the bed fits. Then you actually have to make it actually work with what you have, which is what we've had to do. And it's just a little bit here, a little bit there, and you'll work through it. But make this place sacred. Make your bed a practice. Make it so that when you go to bed, my intention is to heal. Not like our children sleeping next to the EMF. We want our atoms to heal. So now we are going into a practice where we're talking to the water atoms in our body and we're saying, this is your med bed. I have prepared it as best as I can with the knowledge I have right now. We are going to heal in this space. So you're asking your atoms, your water atoms, to recolonize, regroup, reset, go where they need to be, <laughs> whether, they're, whether they stay in the avatar or go off into wherever, whatever land they go to. But when you come, we are, we are resting this here. Now, if this is half your time here, 
and we can all do this. Ama amazing health will be will happen. You can't go to bed watching a violent film and expect a good outcome in the morning. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Go to bed watching comedy. If you have to watch TV before you go to bed, go to bed watching something laughing. Laughing where they're having a laugh with themselves, not laughing where they're being mean to others. Laughing and practice this for two weeks and see if you notice a difference in yourself or the people around you. Now, in this time frame, you might have people disappear from your life that aren't meant to be there and new people come in. You might have new opportunities open. You might have things break, but new things come. Like just and just watch, monitor, actually practice these things and monitor. Be the shaman, watch and realize what is going on around you and see if you change. I, I know that you will. I just do. I know that this will affect people. And this is how you create your own med bed. Our children make these. Oh, the Oregon pyramids. Yeah. Yeah, I and got this too. Yeah. I can show you. So that is just quartz crystal with copper around the quartz. And then the girls go swimming and the siren being show them special crystals and the girls put them into crystals. Yeah. Then it's uh, in a resin. Now we believe these reverse the spin. So if you have areas in the home that don't feel that they just need a little bit of oomph. So we, we found that uh, we have two of these under our bed. And depending on where, what home we're in and which bed we are, it depends on which spot of the bed they go under. But we found that they have helped us. Yeah. Might not be the same for everyone. And I don't know what shape. I mean, we've got that shape. The kids make all different shaped ones. Is that also what you bury when you're healing the land? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just us being there. So people, people can learn how to hand make those then. Yes. It's like taken us a too. while to get used to the resin quantities. Uh, and it was a bit messy. And it is a little bit hot for young children, we found, the temperatures. So Richard's had to uh, oversee. <laughs> all the pouring of it because it, it's quite a hot liquid uh, but it's been fun for them to learn I give them as gifts too to assist with uh, electromagnetic fields oh my gosh yeah but uh so <laughs> crystals are a, a big thing in the room as well but the other thing that happens with this ascension process is similar to the lady in the feng shui where she fixes her office and then she gets a rise in her so then she goes to the the next office and she has to do it all over again <laughs> because she's ascended to another level so yeah so with the bedroom as you keep shifting and changing so uh, say you have a few shifts from changing a bedroom to being from this to this then you might have to do something else in your diet or something else in different in grounding. And it, you won't, it's not the same all the way through because you, you're shifting. It's, that's part of it. It's change. It's dynamic. And you just, you just have to train yourself to check in and tune yeah. in. You're, you're saying it's constant change. And that was one of the things that I was shown with the reboot is that it's constant change. So you're constantly changing. That's that's the only constant that there is here on Guy is that there is constant change. And uh, just um, being allowing of that, it's tricky because we sometimes you just don't want things to change. And that's just us being able to let go of the old, the past, and come back to that space that you spoke of, the present. One really important one that uh, I did want to bring up is so before you go to sleep at night and when you wake up, a lot of people say words before they rise in the morning, intentions. And I feel that that is the breath. That's you awakening in your avatar, coming back into awakeness and setting intentions for the day. 
and only you will know what intentions they are for you. So that's like almost what I would class as a remote viewing because you have a vision of something amazing. So you're setting up your atoms in your body for something amazing. When you go to sleep at night, do the same thing. And my grandmother taught me this from when I was probably about three. She would come in and say uh, sweet dreams and I would get really angry with her because I said, every time you say sweet dreams, I think of bad dreams. And she said, no, no, I want you to, when you go to sleep at night, I want you to visualize something that you would like to do. And she said, you can visualize it from any spot. And those, that message that she gave me is remote viewing. And I, I, every visualization I have pretty much had has happened or is about to happen. And I've had visualizations of me in Milan in an outfit at a cafe drinking from a certain cup and I've had those visions. I've had it happen. I've had visions of uh, on photo shoots with certain people and those visions have come about. So now my grandmother has taught me how to remote view before I go to sleep. If by chance someone just goes, I literally don't have any extra time. I am so overwhelmed. I got 800 kids. I got seven jobs, whatever it is. What's the one simple, like come up with one simple thing that they could do that is more or less effortless, but would shift things for them. So how do I practice just something simple in my day-to-day that will make a shift? Acts of random kindness instantly lifts not only yourself, but others. It triggers the water atoms. It heals the animals. It heals the land. Everything feels the shift when you have an act of random kindness. It's unconditional. It's not done with any conditions. It's just the act of being with another being. It's assisting someone unselfishly. It's, it has compassion. It has kindness. It has healing properties. It has joy. It has happiness in it. It has all these emotions tied in it. And it can be as simple as opening a door for somebody. It can be simple as walking past someone on the street and a little smile. They might be having the worst day of their life. And someone walked past them and smiled. And that can be enough to trigger their atoms in them. Uh, (laughs) Seeing a worm stuck on the hot concrete and just picking him up and putting him in the soil out out in the shade. Getting the, the pets a bowl of water, fresh water. Saying thank you to what's before you saying thank you to the gifts that you have um just going up and touching someone's hand some these things are simple things but they're just reminding us of our senses and touching other others going up and touching a tree picking up a feather and acknowledging the feather It might feel like nothing, but it's just you connecting with the world in Gaia and it it makes a difference. It's basically slowing it down for a little bit, taking a few deep breaths and acknowledging that you are being the act of random kindness. It's a perfect reminder. So Elsa, why don't you share your contact info I know you have incredible Oracle cards. I know that you and the family both work individually and together to do private sessions and your website. So, so share with people a little bit about that, if you would. So our website is one year old. (laughs) It's called spinbeams.com. It has uh, the information in there of the videos that we've done. It has our connection for if you wish to do a one-on-one session with with us. Um, 
it shows a little bit of the beans. We are working on uh, getting them out there now. And it, uh, it shows you all the different practices that we do. And the practices are not to overwhelm everyone. It's just showing all the different possibilities there are. We believe that our family is doing all this for a show, to show others an example of what you can do. And we are a really busy family. <laughs> we have lots of chores, lots of chores, so many, so many dishes. Uh, <laughs> but but we incorporate um, the way we do things with the acts of random kindness and. So like I'll finish up with you today and there might be a big pile of dishes in the kitchen. So I'll appreciate the food that we've had and I'll say thank you to the kids or thank you for cooking or so showing appreciation, at, you know, repeating the practice, the practice, the practice. And uh, it's through this awareness. I love that spiritual world through this awakening of awareness is mm. where the shift will happen. Thank you so much. You really donated so much important information and time for service and help for others of what you've been through. Please thank your family for supporting and being so quiet. And I'd like to leave with a Tibetan proverb that I love, which is the secrets to living well and longer are eat half, walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Blessings and hey team, if you will, I will. Let's commit to one change every couple of weeks and then just monitor our bodies and our feelings. And please share in the comment sections any difference to you notice in your beings. Both Elsa and I would love to hear that. Blessings to you all. And we've got some really fun surprises in our next show. Okay, until then, onwards and upwards. Thank you, folks. Bye-bye.